and then my other point is, I think we can all agree we're going to have to start calling him Mark Glubaza because he's the glue that has held the booth together. This <laughs> season. Ah, that's good. <laughs> Glubaza. So, Mark Glubaza. Welcome, everyone, to the Super Halo Brothers Los Angeles Angels podcast, episode 33, a season recap with Daniel from Halo Haven. Hey, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Super Halo Brothers Los Angeles Angels podcast. My name is John, and that's my brother, Mike. Well, hey, John, my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. Well, hey there, Mike, and hey, we have a (laughs) very special guest with us. Please welcome, everybody, Daniel Garcia from Halo Haven. Daniel, thanks for being here, man. Thank you. Thank you very much for having uh, having me on. Uh, once I saw that Andrew was going to be on with you guys, I got I got a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. I was like, wow, I'm the one that introduced them, and yet I'm out here in the cold. So I'm glad I was able to uh, I'm able to make an appearance right now. So yeah, definitely definitely something I, I was looking forward to. We had to do we had to do a dry run with with Andrew first <laughs> I'll take because it. I'll this, take is, it. Yeah. this is such big time for us to have you on our podcast Absolutely. this time <laughs> truth is is we were we were uh, starstruck Daniel that was what it that's was. right oh, okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'll take it then that, that that helps me feel better that's good <laughs> I love it well uh first let's start with the basics like uh where can everybody find you um you obviously you have the podcast and Instagram and Twitter where can everybody find you for that yeah so obviously the podcast um all angels podcast you can find that pretty much anywhere you find this podcast mm-hmm. you know uh, Spotify Apple podcast I think Google has a, a podcast thing now and Amazon has a podcast thing now so anywhere you get podcasts you can find it and on social media halo underscore haven is our handles for both our instagram and our twitter and then from there we post updates about when we're going to do a uh, do a podcast and what kind of like theme or if you will or if we're just taking you know questions from from fans out there but definitely that's the easiest way to follow us on either twitter or on instagram love it man and before mike and i started our podcast um i think you guys uh, for All Angels podcast and and Locked On and I was listening to Talking Halos like over the off season I was so bored with like no baseball that I was just trying to get <laughs> yeah. as much Angels yeah. baseball as I could so I, that's when I started listening to everybody and and then Mike and I got the idea hey we're talking about baseball all the time we might as well start our own thing and make that happen so <laughs> no that's and honestly that's kind of how. This this whole thing started for, for me with All Angels podcast. You know, it's it's it kind of starts with one thing, and then you kind of talk around with buddies. And next, thing, why don't we just throw like a microphone and a computer in the middle of it and just kind of see where it goes from see there? See what that's we got. Exactly there you kinda, go. Yeah, yeah and see if it's a good thing or a bad thing. We won't know until we try. So that's pretty much how this all started with you know me, uh, Chris, you know uh, Johnny. We uh, kind of just are all talking about it. Johnny obviously started the podcast first in and ni- uh, fifteen. I came on. I think the 18 was my first full season with him. But, you know, we always just kind of hung out and talked baseball before that. And then he was like, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? And I'm like, all right, sure. So, <laughs> uh, it, you know, I like to talk and I like to talk sports. I like to talk baseball. I like to talk Angels baseball. So uh, it came pretty naturally to me. And, and it was just a lot of fun just kind of hang out for hour and a half, two hours. You know, sometimes three, even though we're only recorded for an hour, we're just kind of there, you know, messing around for, the you know, an hour before, hour after kind of deal. So, yeah, that's kind of how this all started, and it's just been a, a ton of fun. It shows your Angels' uh, dedication because you started in 2018 and 2019 and 2020 and 2021. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it hasn't been the easiest as far as, like, you know, you get into, like, September or, or uh, you know, August, late August. You're like, okay, what do we talk about now? It's like, right. Uh, 
next year. Let's, I don't know. Yeah, let's, let's see what we could. Yeah, exactly. Let's move ahead and see what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Well, before we, we dive in any further, just want to remind everybody, again, you can find us at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we'd love to get your review and rating. And, and we love reading your comments. So if you have been delighted by the show in any way, shape, or form. Make sure that you uh, take the time to do that. But uh, before we get into talking about the Angels, we do have a couple questions for you, Daniel. What was your favorite episode that you did this year for All Angels Podcast? Oh, wow. Um, you know, there's a lot of, especially like in the spring training time where you, I'm talking to some of the guys on the actual team and guys that I've seen kind of grow through the system. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Marsh was always a fun guy to talk to. I've known him since he was at Inland Empire, uh, you know, when it was like the high A affiliate of the Angels. Mm-hmm. And so like this season or this, you know, spring train before the season started, I kind of talked to him a little bit. But the p- best part I liked about it was towards the end, I started asking him because him and Joe Adele were roommates and they have been roommates in the past. And so I was asking, OK, who's a better cook? <laughs> who's a better driver? <laughs> who's, you know, does this or who's most likely to leave a mess? And, and kind of like relationship stuff, because these guys are living with each other. Yeah. And got, you know, they're all early 20s and. I don't know about yourself, but I remember when I was in my early 20s, I probably would have been a handful to live with. So <laughs> Same. That, was probably my, that was probably like my favorite episode just because, you know, you kind of got that wall down a little bit. It wasn't about, you know, hey, what would you see on that 3-2 count? Or it wasn't about, hey, you know, tell me what your approach is at the, at the plate. It was if we're going out to dinner, who's picking up the bill first, you or Joe or, or stuff like that. So um, that was a lot of fun. And that was in our like early – right before spring training so that was probably definitely one of my funnest uh, episodes this season oh, i love that because you get a different look at uh you know what the players are going through uh, like you said as opposed to you know talking logistics or talking about baseball just having fun and and seeing the human side of things i love that a lot um who was your who was your favorite guest that you had on this season so obviously marsh but if we're gonna go outside of marsh anytime i have gooby on and i'm mm. sure um as baseball as angel fans we see him every night yeah. we see him you know interact with fans when you're there at the game when you're maybe after the game off off the set stuff like that so whenever i have him on you know uh, i talk to him probably once a year and he's always a great guy to talk to mm, he can talk baseball forever you try to you know pitching especially what do you see and you're kind of expecting oh, that's kind of a i don't know how he's going to answer this but i need something and then he'll go on and fill for you know, five, 10 minutes on an answer. You're like, Oh, this is easy. I got to do is really think of like four or five questions. And he hasn't, he'll say enough to fill up a whole episode, but <laughs> that's awesome. He's a, he's an absolute great guy. And like, even like when we talk to him, like off, off mic or off camera, you know, before and after, he's just a great guy to talk to. So anytime I can get Gooby on, he's always a great, great guest. I think that's our, our dream guest, right? Mike? Yes, it is. To have Gooby on. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we still like you more, Daniel. But if we had Gooby on, that'd be okay. Rad. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I, 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 when it's him, I, I could totally, I could totally uh, accept that. I, you know, if I go down to number two for that, then you know, that's it's, it's, <laughs> perfect. You know, that's when acceptable. you lose, you lose to a better team. When you lose to a better team, you're not as 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 upset. So right. I wouldn't be as bad. So yeah. I wouldn't feel as upset. So I'm good. Good to know. And then, what are you, uh, what are you looking to do in 2022? You got any big plans for the off season or the podcast? What's what's that going to look like? Kind of with with the off season and right now it's kind of a stalemate until the World Series is over. Mm-hmm. So like I'll be back, kind of periodically through the off season as as news breaks, um, you know, free agency starts or trades and stuff like that. I'll I'll, I'll be on. I'll try to have uh, people that know what's going on a little bit more than myself on. 
whether it be like writers or like I said, like Gooby or, or, or people like that. Mm-hmm. So um, trying to get those guys, trying to get those guys back that I've had in the past that um, player wise, you know, right now they're all kind of vacationing and doing their own thing. And hopefully I can kind of uh, reach out to them and try to get them back for the off season. Cause again, we had a lot of guys, a lot of young guys make debuts this year, which was yeah. really fun to watch as, as fans. And, and for me to kind of talk to them beforehand, I, I would love to get their kind of, now they're looking back at it, you know, you know, in the moment you're you're kind of zoned in and and nothing really matters. But now that you've been you know two three months removed from it, what are your thoughts about that kind of stuff? So right. really hoping to get you know in touch with some of these guys and and, and ask them about that and just kind of see how their off season uh, progresses. When you had myself and Mike and Andrew on the podcast, you you did such a great job hosting. So it's kind of fun to Thank like you. Yeah, have you be on sure. the other side of it and and just hanging out with us. Oh yeah, and, it's a lot of fun too. <laughs> yeah, it's fun too when you don't have to worry about editing it afterwards. You don't have to worry about <laughs> making up like a rundown. And you don't have to worry about you know this and that. Oh yeah, I could do this all day. Yeah, yeah. There's no editing that's involved. It's just it's live, right? We do it perfectly oh, yeah, the first exactly. time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, live the first time. Yeah, yeah. Perfectly the first time every time. That's right. Yes, <laughs> I'm yeah. not up till midnight doing that. Not at all. Never. Yeah, like I've never done that either. <laughs> yeah, speaking about the season, uh, Daniel, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on three specific questions. Favorite moment, most memorable game, and the player that you love to watch. So why don't you start with your favorite angel moment from this past season? So my favorite moment, um, man, there's so many. Uh, and it's funny, though, too, because you look at the season as a whole and you don't think there is just because you look at the record, but – when you start really thinking about like individual moments, whether it be like something Otani did or, you know, my favorite moment was probably when I was there in person, I guess it was, was a really fun thing to see was uh, when Rossell Iglesias came in, bases loaded, um, mm-hmm. eighth inning. In the back of my head, I'm like, oh, my God, like right now, you're going to put him in right now. But <laughs> and, that's, and that's part of me as an Angel fan, just knowing how relievers are. For Angel fans, and for knowing, Angels. Yeah, knowing how it's been for us for forever. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, he's great. But you put him in a situation where That's it's like, fear. who's going to – Yeah, and then he gets out of it, comes back out for the ninth. And, and, again, like me being there, I guess, means a little more because you can – you fed off the crowd. You heard the totally, crowd. Yeah. Like, yeah, you can hear it. You can hear it on the TV. You can kind of get an idea on the TV. But to be you're surrounded by people when that's happening and – Oh uh, yeah, that was that was probably by far um, my favorite moment, just because I was there and got to kind of feed off the energy and all that stuff. Oh, I love that. What about most memorable game? Game wise, um, for me, it's kind of hard to beat the Jared Walsh home run in New York. Mm. Oh yeah, uh, off off a of Chapman and you're the fourteen you know, you hour know, game. It, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're you're so invested, <laughs> and that's the thing about some of these like games that that are rained out or or not rained out, but like are postponed. You're like, okay, I'm investing. What's it going to end up being like six hours or whatever? And you're like, the last thing I want to do is come away with a, with a loss. And, you know, if you follow the Angels baseball enough, you kind of understand where Walsh's uh, deficiencies are, lefties versus lefties and stuff like that. So when Chapman comes in, you're thinking like, ah, oh, man, just, just put the ball in play and see what happens. Yeah. But when he's able to absolutely uncork one at Yankee Stadium and, you know, you have the whole – uh, picture of his bat drop, not even a flip. He's kind of known now as like the bat drop guy. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. That was just an awesome moment in the rain. And, you know, there's like really no one there because everyone left. But, uh, yeah, that game was was a ton of fun because just the outcome and you it's like almost everything got built up to that moment because of the delay and, and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, I was watching the game the other night, uh, the Yankees, when they were in the playoffs and playing the Red Sox. My son came in and he's learning baseball. 
And uh, he said, so why are these teams so good? And I said, it's the stadium. Yankee Stadium has that, like, vacuum, Short right? Like, they have their yeah. own version of the Santa Ana winds out to right field. <laughs> and then Red Sox Stadium, man, like, you can hit 400 in that stadium because it felt like everything was just so jam-packed and so close. And that left field wall is only, what, 314 feet out there. And so <laughs> I can't remember who hit it. It might have been John Carlos Stanton that hit the, hit the wall. And my son goes, well, how come that's not a home run? I said, because the wall is so high. And he's like, but he's still got a hit. Yes, he's still got a hit. So it was fun to teach them about baseball. But I, I loved I loved watching Walshie thrive in New York. And yeah. you could tell that he really enjoyed being there. What about a player that you love to watch this year? I think towards the end of the year, it's, it's two players. But the way they interact with each other kind of makes it exciting for me. And that's going to obviously be like Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh. Um you know, you saw Marsh a little bit by himself. You saw Joe by himself last year. And, you know, individually, they're, they're good players. Like, they're going to be good players. I, I honestly feel that. And I and being able to see them play, though, through the minors in Inland Empire and even going out to see them play together um, in Salt Lake mm-hmm. when they were in Vegas or seeing them in the Arizona Fall League when they were younger. Like, they always had that kind of, oh, yeah, you know, competitive spirit together but friendly competitive spirit like oh you're gonna do that watch me do this kind of deal so when joe's out there making diving catches and the first one there to give him a high five is is brandon or vice versa brandon you know gets a key hit and the first one that's like patting him on the back or giving him dap is brandon so Hmm. those two together to me bring up so much excitement uh to watch because you're just kind of waiting for the other person to up the other guy and i i just honestly think you know, those two, like, I know it's a player, but those two together just, to me, equal, equal one guy, and they always feed off each other really, really, uh, really, really well. And just real quick, out of the three questions, you can say Otani for, like, all three, but I wanted to be a little <laughs> right, I wanted yeah. to be a little different. I did, I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, well, I remember Otani when he did this, or I remember that home run in Otani in Seattle where it was, like, the third deck. I'm like, ah, that's, like, too easy. So I'm like, right. you know what? Let me start thinking of, uh, of non-Otani things because he's in a class by himself. Were you up there for that Were you up there for that third deck home run? I knew you were in Seattle, but I wasn't sure. <laughs> I missed it by one day. I came in the next day. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, Dang. I came in the next day. Oh, it was, yeah, and I forgot. I think I was at the movies with my wife that night because I was heading out the next morning. So I was like, all right, let's go to the movies. Let's hang out, you know, Yeah. And um, or dinner or something like that. And then I get an alert on my phone like, oh, Tony, home run. I'm like, okay, cool, you know, whatever. And then the videos start coming out like on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> like – I missed that. I was like one oh, man. one day. I missed Dang it by it. one day. Can I get yeah. a refund on this movie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, if I would have known, I would have been out there early. You made a really good point about Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh together because I think that the electricity is very palpable when they're on the same field. And obviously you've watched them come up through the minors together. We see how good of friends are. They are on social media. They're always taking pictures together and hanging out together, cheering each other on, you know, when, when, uh, Adele was up last year and Marsh was up by himself this year. They were just, you know, patting each other on the back. And so there's something to that tandem that I hope we keep together. I saw a tweet today, I think, that said the Marlins are looking for some starting outfield help. And a lot of people are starting to suggest like, well, maybe, you know, one or the other could go. And I don't want to see them torn apart. I would hate that. They can have Justin right. Upton. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, That's, exactly. That was the, yeah. the big suggestion, Justin yeah. Upton. <laughs> yeah. Now, Daniel, did you did you come up with the uh, hashtag Joe and Flo? I I like to think I did. I, we gave I, you honestly, credit for it, by the way. Yeah, I, like I, I did. Yeah, I, was, I think I did because I hadn't seen it before. And I mean, obviously, with 
with uh, I heard the word flow a lot, like during the broadcast, whenever Brandon's up. Yeah. So it's like, well, that's easy. Joe Adele, Joe Flow, and and there's probably like some kind of progressive commercial in the back of my head as well. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, you know, I, I think I did. I, I, you know, I'll say it until someone shows me otherwise. I guess right. it's like that. Um, it's like that meme. It's like uh, change my mind. Like Joe and Flo, I made I made Joe and Flow uh, change my mind kind of <laughs> exactly. deal. So we'll see what happens. You need to make that up, John, right now. Like make that meme. That's <laughs> I'll make that meme. We'll make but it has to be Daniel's face. <laughs> uh, there's so many bad photos of me out there, though. I don't know if I want. <laughs> Mike, what were some of the uh, favorite moments for you? A favorite moment, most memorable game, player to watch. What, uh, why don't you take a stab at those questions? Uh, favorite moment, I think, was that Sunday night game. That first Sunday night game that oh, yeah. uh, on ESPN that Matty V called and Walshy hitting the the home run like he went to Jared's oh gosh yeah what a great what a great way to start the season and we and, had high hopes at that point and if and people Ohtani didn't get injured pitching and hitting a home run in his first at yeah. bat that that game yeah that was that was unreal right and I think the most memorable memorable game though was the one actually that you and I went to John uh, I went with my wife. You went with your wife. We sat in the Diamond Club, and it was the first time I'd been in the Diamond Club in years. And I'm a quiet baseball watcher, meaning that if people around me who came with me are talking, I will not talk back because I want to hear the sound. <laughs> I want to hear the players talk. You could tell when it was a home run or a pop fly, and I loved it. And it was 14 to one, I think, was the yeah, final score of that game. <laughs> and so that one for me was a was a memorable game. And uh, you're right. Like when you talk about players that you love to watch, Otani could fit in every category. I actually really enjoyed watching Brandon Marsh. And mm-hmm. I, I think that he is going to be a potential leadoff hitter for us. I, I love his speed yeah. and I love his hustle, man. I, I love that he is great defensively and he'll get better. There's a couple of plays where it looked like he kind of got lost, but I think we're just spoiled with Mike Trout out there. Right. But <laughs> I, I yeah. loved watching Brandon Marsh play and I would love to see him on the angels for the next 15 years. And and never cut his hair. Like that would be the best part. Yeah. What about you, Johnny? Uh, favorite moment. I have to say from a, from a TV side, obviously we went to some games. I got to boo the Astros very early on in the, in mm-hmm. the season. That was fun. Uh, lost my voice for that one. But from a TV side, I have to say that uh, the angels walking it off, Shohei sliding into home and then that image of him just oh, with yeah. his arms straight up in the air. But the best part, and this makes me sad because it was it was Darren Sutton, but the best part was Darren Sutton going, the Angels win! The Angels win! <laughs> it was just like the most dramatic Angels yeah. win call of the season, and yeah. it was just so cool. So that was a, a favorite moment for me. But uh, the most memorable game, I got to agree with Daniel on that New York uh, rain-delayed game because I, I – Watch that thing from beginning to end. I didn't plan on plan on doing that, especially the way it started out with Shohei. But for some different reasons, other than the Jared Walsh granny, uh, was just the fact that the John Boy guys were talking so much trash on Shohei because oh, yeah, they, they, they were there. Start, and they were there. And they were posting videos and they were having a good time. And so when we came back, I I was you know tweeting at them like, "Uh oh, boys, what happened?" And got a ton of right. likes on that. And my favorite thing though was the video afterward where all these Yankee fans are on the on the train and this this angel fan comes in in his trout jersey and he's just flexing on everybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw that one. Yeah, it made me really happy because it was like, that's see, that's how fans should be. Like nobody threatened anybody. It was just the Yankee fans were booing him. The guy was just eating it up and everybody was having a good time. So that for me was the most memorable game. And then again, a player I love to watch, obviously, like Daniel said, you could do Shohei for all three of these, but 
I got to say Joe Adele because the fire and passion and energy that he's brought to the outfield so far. Um, I was there for, um, oh, who did he throw out from the Padres from right field? He threw him out at third base, and I was there for that game. And that was mm. just like, I stood up and watched him get him and gun him down at third base. And I was so thrilled. And, and uh, you know, every time he makes a great play, he just gives a little fist pump. And, and I right. can't wait to see that full time next yeah. season, to be honest. Oh, yeah. so that's something I'm really excited for. So looking ahead to this offseason, you know, there's going to be a lot of questions regarding when does the offseason start, considering there's going to be a new CBA. We'll get into that a little bit later. But one of the things that that came out uh, today was related to some of the moves the Angels might make in the offseason. And that was the cost of the qualifying offers, about $18.5 million this offseason. And so that got us thinking about if you were to be the one running the Angels, what are your off-season moves? So who are you signing? Who are you re-signing? And who are you allowing to walk away? Say goodbye. Mike, do you want to start us out? Yeah, I uh, obviously I'm I'm signing a pitcher and I'm going yeah. after I'm going to go after a big guy and I we've talked about it on this podcast numerous times, multiple times, and that's Max Scherzer. I would love mm-hmm. to see a Max Scherzer on this team. If not Max Scherzer, right? Um, I'd love to see him <laughs> on this team and uh, who am I re-signing? I, obviously, Rysel. I would re-sign mm-hmm. Rysel. Um, and who am I allowing to walk away? Everybody in that bullpen, except for <laughs> Rysel, can walk away. Toss them into the sun, right? What about you, Johnny? Uh, for me, I was trying to think of, uh, again, trying to, not to go too obvious because we have talked about um, uh, Max Scherzer before, but I, I was thinking about Marcus Stroman. I know that he was on mm. the Mets this season. Um, he actually had a 10 and 13 record, but his ERA was 3.02, which goes to show how much the Mets struggled offensively. And we saw that yeah. with DeGrom and, and him keeping them in the game and they just couldn't get him any run support. Um, but I was looking at his most recent stats. He's got a ground ball rate of around 49 and a half percent, but he, he is keeping the balls in play. He was actually better in the past. It was more around like 60, but I think okay. with a solid defense behind him, like Fletcher and Rendon, but I think a, a Stroman would be a nice guy to slot in at two or three or something like that. That's a lot of decisions. I mean, to have 10 wins and 13 losses, you don't see that too often this year. <laughs> I think yeah. he started like 32 games or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and to be able, that means he's going at least long enough to be considered into the decision, so mm-hmm. that's actually a, a plus for him. I like that idea. And then as far as re-signing, I think you got to bring back Alex Cobb. Obviously, Rysela Iglesias is somebody that we've been you know, clamoring for here on the podcast. But I think Alex Cobb is a reliable starter who who wants to stay here. And I think that of anybody, you could get him on a nice team-friendly deal. Because yeah. I think he has more to prove. I think he really likes Joe Madden, obviously. And he's made it known that he he would like to stay. And as far as allowing people to walk away, I'm with you. I, I say, bye, Steve Ciszek. Bye, Junior Guerra. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. All of the above. I, I'm I'm okay with keeping Myers around for another year, but but those other two, bye bye. <laughs> yeah, gone. What about you, Daniel? Yeah, you know I like the, I like the Mark the Marcus Stroman, you know idea, especially because he is so much younger than than Serger. Uh, you know, Max. He he kind of scared me just the fact that he's like almost forty. Yeah, you know? he's true. Be Thirty-eight next year. Um, obviously is he like Tom Brady? Can he last? <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> right? know, it's, it's funny, though. It's like, I'm like, I don't know if he's going to last that long. And well, Max, dude, I'm like, yeah, he's like a freak, though. Like, and yeah. how much longer is that going to is that going to last? But I like the Strowman idea. We did with with 
with the Mets is really great. And then before that, obviously, with Toronto mm-hmm. and stuff like that. He's uh, 30 years old, just turned 30 years old. Um, so if the Angels are able to get him back wet, get him west, I, I would love that idea. I just I, I hear a lot of things with him. Like he likes the East Coast. He prefers the East Coast. You mm-hmm. see where he's played before. That kind of holds true. So if they're able to get him, then, yeah, I, I absolutely love the Marcus Stroman signing. What I'm really interested to see is, is, is when the non-tenders come out. I forgot uh, Oakland has some big decision on some of their pitchers. You know, yeah. they've done really well, which is great. But now when it comes to paying them, they're, you know, in arbitration, do they go to arbitration or is it going to be too much? Do they non-tender them? Um, so I'm interested to see somehow some of those guys come or if they become free agents. But you look at the free agent class when it comes to starting pitching. You know, there's a lot of guys with names that look good. You know, you have Granky, you have Verlander. Uh, you, we were talking about Max already. Um, Gossman, you know, Gossman is, is pitching in, in the series right now, mm-hmm. and he looks great. Yeah, he's made himself a lot of money after betting on himself. So, um, you know, I, I, I get a little little worry when I see like you know Verlander, 38 years old, Kershaw. And you know, Kershaw's 33. He has a ton of innings on him. But yeah. I've said on the, I've said on the, <laughs> yeah, I, I've said I've said on the podcast if. I won't believe Kershaw's leaving the Dodgers until I actually seen him right. at the press conference holding up a different jersey. Because right. I think he's like a <laughs> right. legacy play. I don't know how the Dodgers will let him go. I don't, you know, whatever. But he's like a guy that needs to stay there. Isn't he already um, in bronze you, outside of the stadium? <laughs> I mean, he, <laughs> you know? he might as well be, but he might. He should. They should start that right now. Yeah. So those are kind of the free agents where I'm like, oh, I don't know. But I'm really interested to see when the non-tender stuff comes out. Who becomes available? Because there's always, you know, a handful of surprises. Like, wow, so and so team is not tendering that guy. He's a free mm, agent now. That's a good point. Um, yeah. So, you know, and we could talk about guys now, but you know, I think the non-tender happens obviously after the World Series, probably sometime in, in mid-November. That can change everything. There can be all of a sudden now a, a two or three pitchers out there that you had no idea was going to be available, yeah. and that'd be really exciting to see. And you know, if they're non-tendered, usually means they're a little bit younger too. So that's um, going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. What about re-signing? Who on the team are you looking to re-sign if you're the GM? Obviously, I, I agree. Alex Cobb he had a little injury issue at the end of the year, but came back and was able to, you know, I think he had like two or three starts where he looked really good, mm-hmm. um, especially his first start back. You know, maybe that helps the Angels. Maybe that helps him, helps the Angels kind of negotiate like, hey, you know, your numbers weren't as great as maybe we thought was going to be because you missed, you know, a month or a month and a half, whatever it is. But Alex Cobb, I think, fits in that, in that slot where – he can be that four or five guy and just kind of be a veteran leader because it does look like the Angels are really going to have a lot of young guys either starting or just around the team in general. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Iglesias, Rossell Iglesias is, is a no-brainer. You have to re-sign him. Um, you know, you look at some of the arbitration guys for the Angels, and I think that's going to be a real interesting point. You know, they came out, and these are all estimates, but Junior Garo is going to be a $1.3 million arbitration guy. And then you look at Mike Myers, he's going to be a 2.2 million uh, arbitration guy or, you know, around that, around that area. So for those price tags, I don't necessarily know if you would bring them back just because, you know, some of those relievers that are sixth, seventh inning guys, you can kind of find an equivalent of that for, you know, maybe half the price and, you know, maybe put that other money towards a free agent starter kind of deal. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously Iglesias, is, I, I, you need, you need to bring him back. But everybody else, you know, Cobb bring back. But everyone else, I'm just, I'm not sure. Obviously, Stassi's going to be brought back because he's in um, arbitration and tender. He's only going to be around, you know, uh, 2.7, 2.8. So I think uh, he's kind of a locked in. But everyone else, you know, you kind of might have to rebuild that bullpen again and and 
they've done it once. You you sign Iglesias. You have guys like uh, Warren in there. You have some other younger guys that might have been starting this year that could be in the bullpen next year, whether that's, you know, Junk or Packy. You know, some of those guys could fit some spots in the, in the bullpen for a year until – Maybe some more guys get developed or you bring other guys in. Now, we haven't been shy on this podcast uh, talking about how we are fans. And so sometimes we will have completely ridiculous takes. But what we've appreciated about you, Daniel, is that you've had a very <laughs> calm, cool, collected, logical yes. take. So this next this next question, I just want to give you permission to be a fan and to jump <laughs> to jump in our boat and to talk about the bullpen if you'd like. But who are you allowing to walk away? Honestly, I think you bring back Iglesias, without a doubt. And um, out of the guys whose contracts are going to be fairly expensive, I think that's it. Mm. Warren wants those guys are pre-arb. You know, those guys are going to be super cheap. So Warren has shown that he can be maybe a seventh or eighth inning guy, uh, maybe a closer down the line. Who knows? But wants that had moments where he looked really good. He's only going to continue to grow and develop. And like mm-hmm. I said, for – Certain relievers, you know, $2.2 million, like for Myers, is a little bit up, up there. So I would, wouldn't mind seeing them leave because you can find guys at 1.1, 1.2 that are going to be okay. Right. But, like, I'm, I'm interested to see how these younger guys are going to fit because there's six spots in rotation. If you bring back Cobb, you bring back uh, – or you sign a free agent and then obviously Otani, that's half right there. So they're going to have to keep these guys kind of around to do sp- spot starts or something like that. So, yeah. you know, junk, packy, you know – let these guys kind of work their way into the bullpen, out of the bullpen, and and see where that goes. I think that's kind of the easiest way to do it. But you know, relievers are so hard. Relievers are so hard. Like I, you know, one year you're you're on fire, the next year you're struggling to get a five ERA kind of deal. So, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I if no one, you know, besides like I said, besides Iglesias, Warren wants. Um, if anyone besides those guys don't come back, I'm, I'm not going to be heartbroken about it. Yeah, that's the thing about when when players leave is there's always kind of an element of like, oh, darn, it's sad to see him go. But I don't feel that way about the bullpen. <laughs> We're no. doors open no, for I, him, right? Yeah, you Toodles, know, there's so many guys. <laughs> yeah, there's been so many guys too like that, and it's like you, you talk about like like a Cam Bedrosian or a Mike Miner or you know, there's so, so many guys that had like a great year with the Angels mm-hmm. and they come back and actually like what what happened? Yeah, you said so, Cam Bedrosian, I immediately got a twitch. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There you go. So, it, 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 yeah, the bullpen arms are so are so weird that way. It's like, yeah. yeah. So of those of those guys you've named, I mean, you mentioned Warren, you mentioned Wants. Is there anybody in the minor leagues that they've drafted, or anybody in the minor leagues that they brought up to get like a look at that really intrigues you? Like, does Sam Bachman intrigue you? Does any of those names cause you to go, I'd love to see them in the bullpen or at least in the starting rotation and give them a shot? You know, I think junk. I I love Jansen's junk stuff. Um, I think he looked really good at times, but then, but then it did seem like you know later in the game when they did get like second time through the lineup, third time through the lineup, but he kind of struggled, and that could be just a maturity issue, just being so new and and you know being so young. But you know, I think his stuff plays really well out of the bullpen. I think if if this if the injury issue for for Chris Rodriguez is is still going to be a thing, mm-hmm. and it's kind of coming like on the third year in a row, unfortunately, you know maybe it is time for him to be like a kind of a full time bullpen guy and i mean we saw stuff this year he, he was great oh, he looked nasty. great when yeah. he was healthy so yeah. i think they already said i think they already came out and said his he's a little bit more behind schedule than they thought right. so maybe he isn't a, a a starting option next year but maybe you know in july uh june july he's an option out of the bullpen kind of deal so hmm. like something like someone some of those guys like i am really interested to see and I want to see them in the bullpen and 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 high lever situations too, because I think that's where they get the most. They learn the most is 
you know, two on seventh inning, you know, up or down by one, you got to kind of keep it where it is. And so I think that's uh, where a lot of these guys learn, learn a very valuable lesson. What about, uh, what do you guys think of Jonathan Diaz? How about the last two starts he made? Yeah. You know, that game that you and I went to John uh, was when they won like 14 to one or something like that. Yeah. He came in for Jaime Berea. Yeah. Jaime started that game. And then I remember Diaz came in in like the second inning. Yeah, he, and he finished it. <laughs> and he finished the game. And he was great. And yeah. he he looked really, really good. I was actually pleasantly surprised by how he performed. I was also pleasantly surprised by how he spelled Jonathan. It's It looked like it was Jonathan, you know. But... I, I was upset by that. I was offended, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Takes it personal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, I'm just saying he's another one of these young guys that you kind of have to see a little bit more. Because, yeah, like the first time out, first couple times out, there's no book. People don't necessarily know what he throws. Like, yeah, he throws a you know fastball, slider, curveball, whatever. But until you actually get into the box, you don't see how it moves or how it reacts. So, yeah, he's always going to have that advantage the first couple times. Right. Now let's see how, okay, you know, professional hitters are going to adjust. Now how does he adjust kind of deal. So, um and I've said this before on, on, our, on my podcast where you're going to come in with six starters, but let's be realistic. You're going to need more than six. You're going to need like 10, mm-hmm. whether it be because of spot starts or injuries or whatever. You need depth. So guys like 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 Diaz, guys like, you know, uh, Detmers and, and Berea and, you know, I think those kind of borderline guys I think are going to be very valuable next year. And Agreed. they're going to they're, they're gonna need, you know, time to pitch, whether it's in the minors until they get brought up or out of the bullpen. But – you know, you, you see any team, I can't remember the last team I seen go through a whole season with like the same five or six starters. You're going to need 10 starters for, you know, spot starts here. Like I said, spot starts here, guy goes on the IL, misses two starts, and you need someone that can fill that spot. Yeah, this is the first time I feel confident in who we have. I mean, obviously, we had to use a lot of starters this right. season, um, but this is the first time where, you know, you're you're confident in who is making that spot start. And it's nice to it's nice that we got to look at some of these guys at the end of the season when things didn't really matter for us. And in the past, you you've had guys like uh, 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 Parker Bridwell come up and and, you know, do decent or um, uh, Tropiano would would fill in right. every now and then. But they never really could decide, is he a good starter? Is he a better reliever? And and so the fact that we have some depth, dare I say depth. <laughs> in that regard, um, is is an exciting prospect and something for fans to to be excited about. Yeah, gone are the days of the uh, pitching staffs from like the '90s Braves, Madden, Glavin, Smoltz, Avery, right? Or even the early 2000 A's when you had Tim Hudson and that whole crew. Like, there doesn't right. seem like there's any teams that have that where you're like, man, that starting rotation. I would just love to copy and paste them. Even the Dodgers look good, but they had they had moments where it was like, who's pitching for them, right? They're even scrambling for this game four that they're going to play like who's who's going to start who's going to be the guy so interesting so talking about player development uh this news came across the wire um the angels have actually hired tony ferrari from the cardinals organization he was the right hand man to the director of player development for the cardinals and will now be the assistant director of player development in the angels organization and i love this this little nugget in 2019, he got the George Kissel Award for excellence in player development across the Cardinal system. So I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. We'll start with you, Daniel. Is this a big deal? Really? <laughs> really? Really. Yeah. I, I, I think anytime you can add someone um, 
especially from like an organization like St. Louis that, mm. you know, yeah, they, they, they might have years where they don't make the playoffs, but they're always kind of around, mm-hmm. you know, um, the playoff push at the end of the year. But you have someone like that and, and an organization that can develop players and he's done really well. Like you, you mentioned the award he won. A lot of these teams now are, are based out of or are, are, are good because of their farm system, whether it's because the farm guys come up and they produce with that major league team or they are turned around and traded for the last piece, if you will. So mm-hmm. you need to develop a farm system. I think gone are the days where, you know, you can just throw money at a certain situation and expect it to go away. Like I think you, you kind of mentioned the Dodgers. Yeah, they throw money around, but when you kind of look at the nucleus of that team, a lot of those guys are are guys that got brought up through the system or like a Max Muncy where he was kind of discarded and they put him in the minor league and all of a sudden he developed into a great player. So I think I think you need there's something to that where you need a handful of guys that are homegrown and quite frankly are going to be cheap. And so it allows you to go out and pay for big-time starters or a big-time bat or something like that. So anytime you can – work to get your minor league better i think it's always a a plus i wonder if this guy's got like a vial of adam wainwright's dna and we can just clone him (laughs) that'd be nice yeah what do you think johnny is this a big deal or not he'll just all the players will last forever what's (laughs) 40 is that nolan ryan (laughs) (laughs) i think any move to improve player development with the angels is the right move yeah Um, because the way things have been going agreed it's not the best it could be and if this guy's coming over from St. Louis, absolutely 100% I'm excited for this move. So I think we won't necessarily see the outcomes right away. We won't necessarily see the behind the scenes. That that won't be up front for us to view and, and see. But I think behind the scenes, there's going to be a lot of improvement that uh, that we've been hoping for and longing for and really needing. And especially with this crop of you know 20 pitchers that we drafted and and the the talent that we see coming through the pipeline, we need somebody to to foster and care for who we have coming up because you're only as strong as your system. And if if it's if it's weak or if guys aren't being treated well or if they're you know not getting the the playing time that they need or if it's just being mismanaged, um, that does your major league team no favors. So I'm excited to uh, Tony. Ferreira? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Couldn't find out how to say his name correctly, but We're Tony guessing. Ferreira, let's go with Ferreira. That's what it is right now. We uh, yeah. Daniel created hashtag Joe and Flo, and it's Tony Ferreira. Those yeah. are the two things Even that we're standing not. on. He said so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's a good point, too, because like the minor, the, his job, you might not know how good of a job he does for another like two years or something. Right. Yes. Yeah, three right. years. It's not something that he gets hired today and then, and, you know, uh, April, you're going to be able to, wow, you know, he turned this around. It's like, yeah, no, his job, you might not know how good of a job or, you know, hopefully not bad of a job he does until like two or three years. If you have a guy now that's 19, 20 years old and he develops into a, a all-star at 26, then, you know, he did a good job. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be something that now is like, okay, cool, but we're just not going to really know what he's doing until another couple of years. So that's a little bit of a front office discussion, and now we want to move into – a bigger front office discussion, so to speak. But with with the offseason coming up, there's there's a little bit of a, a caveat to how it's going to play out considering the, the CBA, the current collective bargaining agreement, expires December 1st. And the Players Association and ownership are going to have to come to an agreement on a new 
CBA. So my question is, and, and I'll ask this of you, Daniel, what do you think is going to happen with this negotiation in the offseason between the players and the owners? Is baseball going to start at a normal time or is it going to be delayed? What do you think about that? So I talked to someone today that knows a little bit more than I do about it. Cause I, yeah, it's, it's a big thing that I think is like a, a cloud hovering over everybody. It's mm-hmm. like, this is great. We want to make these moves. It doesn't look like there's going to be a delay from when the season starts. I guess where the delay is going to be is free agent signing might be pushed back a little bit. You probably oh, won't have yeah, like that's a, interesting. You probably won't have a winter meetings because it's going to be in that in between time. And something that he said that was really interesting, and I and I didn't think about it until he said it. And like if you remember when the whole COVID season happened, and they're trying to figure out who's going to pay for what, or they're going to play, how big the season. You heard a lot of banter back and forth in the press from mm-hmm. from Major League Baseball and the players. You've heard nothing so far. So yeah, yeah. In a way right. that might, to, me being optimistic, being a fan, and I'm like, wow, that hopefully that means they're getting this stuff ironed out and they're at least civil with each other when it comes to some of these things. So you don't have to go and, and go to the press and be like, oh, look at what happened here. Or like they're not even listening to us when it comes to this and that. So for that aspect, I think we'll have a season start on time, but you're going to see when the free agency does open I think it's going to be a real tight window, and I think you're going to have a lot of movement in a short amount of time, which for fans leading up to it, it's going to be really boring. But when it does hit, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun because you're going to, you know, you're probably going to have like two or three major guys signed in one day. And next thing you know, podcasting is going to yeah, be fun. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so you have to be really up on like the Twitter game and when stuff starts breaking and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I have, a, there's too much money on the table for them not to start the season on time. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, you're, they're not really, they're not really making money from, December to you know whatever uh, February, they're not. So there's really no incentive. But you start cutting into to spring training, and that's a whole different right. monster than it has been the last like five ten years. Then you start cutting into the season. Now your television partners are pissed. Now your you know players are getting upset. Everything you know, there's so much money there to be made. I just cannot see them not starting this baseball season on time. But yeah, it's probably going to push back like the free agent window. It's probably going to push back that kind of stuff but that's something that i think as fans we can live with as long as we get the full 162 yeah i am totally with you on that because give me an optimistic outlook with the fact that yeah there is there is no bickering or barking going on at the moment so that's either hey they're like you said they're ironing it out now or maybe they're just gonna wait till december 1st to do something (laughs) they're gonna procrastinate on the right yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. but i I choose the optimistic route What do you think? Yeah, Mike? I'm an Enneagram nine. I'm a peacemaker. So send me in. I'll, I'll work it out. I'll work it out. John, I, I, I had to bring this up because your your dream came true this year because Maddie yes. V is is now doing the play by play with the Angels. Right. And so recently, just last week, the New York Post, he was interviewed by the New York Post. He said he is leaving Sunday Night mm-hmm. Baseball on ESPN. His quote was, I can't do everything that I enjoy with the MLB Network with the angels and then still being away 30 weekends a year. So <laughs> hey, Rod, planning oh. on, I'm calling more. <laughs> so wh- <laughs> I'm sorry. I missed that. What'd you say? <laughs> hey, Rod. <laughs> I don't know why people don't like a Rod. He seems like a very humble guy. <laughs> um, so I- I'd love to hear from you too. Uh, what's the over under on Maddie V and how many games he'll call this year? Daniel, what do you think? You know, you have him down as 59 games this year. I think he can double that pretty pretty easily. I mean, we're yeah. talking 162 games. So if he were to um, call, you know, I'm not great at math, what, 118 games? 
uh, I think that's very doable. Uh, he, he has stuff with MLB Network, but it's, it's unless it's a like a YouTube or not, yeah like a YouTube game or MLB Network game, which aren't daily, aren't even really weekly. Mm-hmm. You know, he can do his little press stuff in the morning or TV shows in the morning and and call a game at night. What I'm really interested to see. I think what would be really the Under Armour should be is how many of those games is he going to be in person? Because right. That's big for me, yes. too. I, I, yeah. I, I liked Matty V. Don't get me wrong. I liked Matty V. I like his excitement. I like his uh, passion. But there were just some things you can tell when they weren't in the booth together, yeah. him and Gooby, because there's so many you know, nonverbal cues about, okay, now you go, now you go, that you right. just can't do yes. when you're, you know, for the most part, like us, doing it on Zoom. So, you know, I hope this means, too, that he's able to come to Anaheim more or if the Angels are, like, on an East Coast trip, he's there all the time uh, because those guys work well together, and I think they haven't been able to really reach that potential, if you will, because yeah. they are yeah. doing it in two different spots. So I love that Matty V is hopefully going to commit more time to the Angels. I, just, I really hope that it's in person as well. You make a great point because I think that – Maybe that might be one of the reasons why he doesn't want to continue doing ESPN baseball because it will allow him to travel and actually be there in person. And John and I have talked about it here on the podcast. Like, we need him to get a uh, a feed that isn't 10 seconds behind, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, John, what do you think? Over, under on how many games Matty V calls this next year? I think that's a good pick. I think I think over 100 games is, is reasonable. Um, and I have the same question. Is he going to be there in person because the times that he was able to be in the booth, it was awesome. He had the, the, uh, angels red polo on standing next to Gooby. That was great to see. I have to, I have to believe, first of all, I am just so thrilled with the fact that he loves the angels that much to, uh, want to call more games for them. But also, uh, Mark Gubiza was such a great, uh, color commentator with him that it, it, he set the bar too high and he's like, I can't work with a rod anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, if he, if he's in the booth, that would be awesome. And it seemed like they ironed out those, those wrinkles a little bit with the tech tech side of things, but every now and then you just get that moment of one guy talking over the other. Um, and then a, a quick like apology. And I think they got better at it. Like when they realized that somebody else was talking and they accidentally said something, they just let the other person, go in that moment but again it's it's difficult and even here on zoom you know i'm gonna edit the heck out of this later so that it sounds great but there's there's delays and there's pops and clicks and things that you can't control and i think one time maddie v was on the pre-show and then the game was about to start and they just couldn't get him back (laughs) so jose moda ended up calling most of the game (laughs) yeah yeah i remember that yeah yeah now for the games that maddie v is not going to call would you like to see Rich Waltz back. Johnny, what do you think? I Again, I miss Darren Sutton. <laughs> I think about the, yeah. the my favorite moment of him calling that because he seemed to just really love it. But I will say it seems like Rich Waltz really warmed up to the team. He did a great job um, when in, in such a situation where he's coming in halfway through a season and trying to get to know the team and get to know them frontwards and backwards. But I think by the end of it, you could hear that he had enthusiasm for the team and he was passionate yes. about them. And that's something that I appreciated and and even his calls began to get you know more enthusiastic and fun and he figured it out on the fly so I got to give him props to that and I even liked uh I know he wouldn't call as many but I even liked Patrick O'Neill toward the end of the season just because he felt like somebody he did well he felt like one of us and even though he might not be the most ideal uh play-by-play guy I think he did a really good job for for what he was given so yeah I I wouldn't mind seeing seeing Waltz back what about you Daniel 
Yeah, I think Walt did a good job of coming in and not trying to act like he has been there the whole season. Like, there's been a couple times where I was watching a game where he's, where he's talking to Gooby. He's like, so tell me about this guy or, or you know, uh, what's the story with this guy? And then Gooby obviously yes. being there for years. It's like, oh, you know, so-and-so, you know, he, he, he struggles with his command or this is blah, blah, blah. But Waltz never came in and was like, okay, I got this. I know everything. Like, he was open His to posture like, was great. That's a good point. Right, yeah. yeah. He, he, was, he was like, okay, well, you know, this is an interesting story. Tell me more about it. And you felt like that was a genuine, like, he wanted to know the background of this player or the history of what he's done good or, or done bad with the team for, you know, with. So uh, I like that about him. He seemed very humble. I, you know, uh, Darren was, was really good too. And, I, you know, hopefully one day he puts out a book and we can figure out exactly <laughs> who made what decision. What and went what, down. What, yeah, yeah, exactly. So obviously that probably won't come out, especially if he's trying to get into a booth somewhere else. Right. But, yeah, you know, and. Uh, I think it was good. I, you know, Matty V being the, the, the front-line guy, he's a name. He's good. He, he knows what he's doing. But uh, I think it was good. I, I think, you know, you can – Rich Waltz did, did a just just as good a job when, in a really hard situation too because, you know, when the season started, he had no idea he would finish the season with the Angels. Oh, 100%. Yeah, right. Well, I, I, yeah. To, I th- am starting to suspect that people didn't realize that Matty V was our main play-by-play guy. Because when I see clips on Twitter and people responding to it, it seems like they think it's a national game and that he's not he's not calling a home game for the Angels. It's something that I picked yeah. up on, and some people even kind of complained that he wasn't enough of a homer. But I'm like, have you listened to his home run calls? Have you listened to yeah. when <laughs> when Otani makes a huge uh, a home run or? strikes gets strike three like I, I don't understand where people are getting that from but and then my other point is i think we can all agree we're gonna have to start calling him mark glubaza because he's the glue that's good so mark <laughs> definitely, <Glubaza>. definitely. <laughs> that's good gooby had an interaction on twitter last week uh somebody had complimented him but kind of backhanded oh, yeah. uh maddie v and rich waltz and he tagged Gubaza and Victor Rojas. And so Gooby responded with like, I'm not sure what you mean, friend. And so then the guy backtracked and said, I just really liked you and Victor. And uh, Victor responded with, with a positive thing. And so did Gooby, but he does such a good job of, of, of playing Switzerland, right? Playing the neutral guy and not getting into the, the weeds of, crazy twitter and so i appreciate <laughs> yeah. that about him mark glubaza that's good and i think and i think part of it too is just that he's a generally a nice guy totally. and easy to work with totally. you know what yes. i mean so so when you do come into a new situation like like rich like you know maddie v like darren like when you have someone that's generally just a nice person and easy to talk to and i've even talked to to victor about that too when when he was on the when he was on uh the angels broadcast and he's like yeah you know we could go to a bar after a game and me and Gooby can sit there for two, three hours just talking baseball and not even, it it didn't even have to be like angels related. It could be, you know, something that happened like in the eighties that they both remember (laughs) and they can go on on a tangent forever kind of deal. So I think when someone's that easy to just open up to and talk to it's it it has to be easy to work with. And I think that's why Gubaza is just one of the, one of the best like uh, 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 analysts and just guy to work with, I think. He won me over this season with two things. It was, uh, uh, I tweeted, we need to change the key to the game to double vision by foreigner. And then he brought it up on the broadcast. (laughs) And then, uh, when I tweeted, 
I said, hey, will you ever do a Counting Crows song for the key to the game? He was like, absolutely, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> and sure enough, he did He did a round here. So that was that was awesome. <laughs> and and that was your in when you saw him at the stadium. Was, You're like, yeah. Gooby, I was the yeah. Counting Crows guy. And he goes, hey, that, that was, was you. you. That was so good. <laughs> so he's just, he's just an amazing person in general, for sure. All right, Daniel. So uh, we have a little surprise segment for you. We didn't we didn't send this to you ahead of time. Are you ready for this? Yeah, uh, let's go. Let's let's see what I can think of the top of my head. I, I like this challenge. Let's okay. Do it. So uh, <laughs> what I want to do is uh, we want to put you on the spot with a segment where I'm going to say a name or a term or something like that, and you give me one word that encapsulates it or one word to describe that thing. Maybe a short phrase, you know, keeping it like one to three words, something like that. So I'm going to give you a list, and you just, off the top of your head, you give me your first thought. You ready? Got it. Let's do it. All right. Let's start with an easy one. Let's start with Mike Trout. Revenge season. Ooh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. <Love it. laughs> That's good. Shohei Otani. MVP. Love it. Of course. <laughs> yep. Uh, Mark Gubaza. Goat. 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 <laughs> Jared Walsh. Underrated. Mm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yes. Mine would be clutch. <laughs> he was so clutch this season. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Uh, how about this one? Roger Lodge. <laughs> <laughs> no comment? Blind date. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the silence said it all. I love that. Uh, yeah, no comment. Yeah, no um, comment. <laughs> uh, Oakland A's. Las Vegas. Ooh, ouch. Oh, yeah. ouch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jared Weaver. Bulldog. Yes. Love it. Mm. Uh, Dodgers. Uh not a not a not a worry of mine. Mm. Yeah, why are they so worried about us? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally in the middle of a literally in the middle of a playoff game, their their beat writer is talking about us. <laughs> okay, and I, I have friends that are Dodgers fans, and that's great. But I'm like, I'll you know, I don't. I'm more worried about the 16 games we play against like Seattle or Oakland right. or Houston more yes. so than the four against the Dodgers. I'm like, it's cool, whatever. <laughs> but you're not my top priority. I I hate to break it to you. Yes. All right. How about Astros? Over it, uh, you know. I understand the cheating scandal. I'm just just over it now. Like, whatever. <laughs> Move on, right? I think, yeah. I think the fact that we had fans back this season, we got to boo them. We got to get it out of our system. Um, at least yep. I'm satisfied with that. I got to do that. So. <laughs> um, let's do a random one here. How about Aaron Judge? Tall. Good. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. <laughs> uh, Angels Stadium. Uh, home away from home. Ooh, I like that. Mm, I like that. It's good. Uh, how about Angels Twitter? Still trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and finally, Super Halo Bros. Behind All Angels Podcast, the best podcast out there for the Angels. Hey! <laughs> <I love it. laughs> Well, this is great, man. It was nice to just like have you on and, and be able to talk baseball with you and, and get you on the other side of the 
of the interview table, so to speak. And, and cause you always yeah, do such yeah. a great job with your guests and, and just recapping Thank you. The games and in the week. So it was, it was awesome to have you on, man. We really appreciate you coming on. No, Matt, uh, I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Like I said, it's, it's, it's fun. You can kind of relax a little bit on this side of the, of mm-hmm. the, of the mic. And like you said, you come out with these one word stuff. I'm like, Oh, cool. I don't have to plan this or nothing. I just <laughs> fly off the top of my head and it makes everything a lot easier. So no, I appreciate it. And kind of like I tell a lot of people, like anytime you can sit down and whether it's on a podcast like this or it could be at a bar or it could be at the Angel game, anytime you're able to sit down with someone and just talk about Angels baseball, it's, it's always a fun time. There's never there's never a bad time when it comes to something like that. Absolutely. Yeah, you do. And you do a great job. I think uh, John and I talked uh, on the last podcast or maybe the one previous when Andrew was on. But your interview with Rhett Bollinger was so good, bro, mm-hmm. because it brought out like good information. And, and again, you've got this logical, reasonable mind about being an angel fan. And so you asked questions <laughs> and got some real great answers. And so Thank you. it was one that we listened to a couple of times and it really influenced, uh, what we talked about in the next, the next pod. So appreciate all you do, man. And thanks for coming on today. I got to say yeah, the, the, I didn't realize the beard game was so strong, dude. Right on. <laughs> you know, that, that is something that just kind of happened by accident. It was like one of those things was like, ah, I'm lazy. I'm lazy. You know what? This doesn't look that <laughs> bad. That All right, bad. let's just run with it. I'm like, oh, whatever. Heck yeah. Yeah. I, and then I uh, I ran into Brandon on the last, uh, my last home game for the Angels, I think, was that Friday of this last series of their home or, or Saturday. And I'm just like, man, when I, I wish I was able to grow that when I was his age. This is like a whole <laughs> new thing to me. Like when I was, you know, 22, 23, I'm like, I didn't be able to grow nothing. And I look at him and it's just like. I feel like he shaves, and probably by the by that that night, it's already back. Right, he's a man beast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, one more time, Daniel. Where can everybody find you? Just so we have all of our bases covered. Heyo. Yeah, you go. Uh, no pun intended. <laughs> um, for obviously social media, Halo underscore Haven. Uh, again, that's Twitter and on Instagram, exactly the same. Uh, and then All Angels podcasts are going to be anywhere you find podcasts: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google music uh you know i'm sure there's probably other places i don't even know we're at but uh we'll be there so anywhere you get this podcast i'm sure we're not far behind right next door (laughs) on my recommendations it's (laughs) it's it's like us and then you (laughs) yeah that's perfect that's perfect we're in good company then for sure like angels podcast well here's eight more (laughs) (laughs) well as for us uh uh, you can find us on social media twitter and instagram at super halo bros again like we always say we're part of a around the diamond uh it's getting really interesting over there because there's a lot of fans of teams who are in the playoffs right now so braves fans dodgers fans uh it's getting crazy over there so make sure you're following at around the diamond and uh in the meantime mike what do you say i say we did it well real quick guys uh daniel who's gonna win the world series Ooh, um i kind of feel like whoever comes out of this uh dodger san francisco series is probably gonna have the upper hand tell you the truth uh, that series, you know, that one is just <laughs> too close to call. But whoever comes out of that, I think that's going to have the upper hand. What about you, Johnny? I'm predicting a sea of orange in the World Series. I'm predicting Giants and Astros. But I couldn't tell you. My gut would say Astros, but I, I, I was wrong about Giants-Dodgers so far. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I've been calling it uh, the, the, the Dodgers this whole time, but I've been nervous watching the, the Giants-Dodgers series because that's been a fun one to watch. Daniel, thanks for jumping on with us. We really appreciate it. And until next week, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And we will see you right here next week on the Super Halo Bros. Los Angeles Angels podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.